Show where we talk about video games every week. I'm Ashley. I'm Alfredo. I'm really, Adam. Really bouncing around. Uh, Hi, I'm Ryan. <laughs> you know, we're we're pretty much uh, AAA NR, so does that make us R? R. Well, it's not team, National Pirate team, Day, team so R. it does not. Well, it's either that or we got to go Team Raw, and then it's like Team Raw Raw. Raw! It's like a god of, of the sun, right? Come on. Yeah. Now I'm going with Team R. Okay, so um, <laughs> this episode of the show, we're going to talk about uh, what's going on uh, with net neutrality and how that may be affecting gaming coming up because that, well, with digital gaming, could be significant. I've lived um, through it already. Yeah. Uh, what? Yeah. <laughs> you lived through it already? Yeah. Ryan. Well, no, we'll, we'll get, we'll get well, to we'll that. We'll get to that. Okay. Um, we're going to talk about what's happening in news, and we're going to shine the spotlight on a couple of indie games. Uh, and all that is brought to you by Casper and Even Prime, our sponsors for this episode. We'll talk a little bit more about them uh, as we get into the show. We are back from Thanksgiving. Uh, last week's episode was pre-recorded the week before that, so it's been a while since we've sat around this table and had a little bit of a chat. How are you guys? Good. Playing games and enjoy the long <laughs> weekend. I'll tell you that much. What did you play over the long weekend? Uh, I, I I dabbled a little bit in the PUBG test servers, but mostly I got back into Fortnite because it had a, a weapon update, so the guns feel a little bit more balanced. There's less RNG in the bullet spread, and it's fun. Now, Fortnite or Fortnite Battle Royale? Fortnite Battle Royale. There we go. More specific. Yeah. No, it's it's shaping up to be a really good game. So that's that's really interesting to hear because yeah, last time I played it, it, it was, was just like okay, uh, generic over the shoulder, and then you just kind of it's like hey, there's a guy. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Unless you had a sniper rifle, then I'm, everyone they was like. They kind of started that game out though, and it was like Fortnite, but like we just made this mode, uh, but it was still pretty bare bones. I feel like they are just continuing to do a lot of work on it because. Frankly, that's bringing in so many users for them. And yes, it is free to play, mm -hmm. but if they can convert even a even a small portion of those people, it's way better than Fortnite was doing before. Yeah. Well, I mean, the skins are pretty expensive. I was looking at like a skin for the glider and a skin for the character, and it was like twenty-five bucks. Holy crap! So, Whoa, that's not a microtransaction. That's just a, a straight-up transaction. Right? It's not a loot box. <laughs> you just, you just <laughs> so that's the thing, though. It's it's not a loot box. You but buy then the at the same time, the game is free. But when you're tempted to get that skin, it's a hefty price. Uh, I don't know. That seems unusually high for that sort it's of pretty, transaction. It's pretty high. Mm. Like I, mean, I said, at the same time, think about how much Team Fortress? I mean, that's kind of... I'm, well, I, I think if, more if of like... If we have someone to blame for the current microtransaction for cosmetics, it is hats and Team Fortress, actually, too. some games... Now that I'm thinking like about Path, it... Path of Exile, you want a set of armor, it's 40, 50 bucks. Oh, wow. But that's I was also... Go that's another similarly free-to-play, free -play? but if you all, get all, all, to all, the transactions... Right, all the microtransactions are cosmetic, but if you want them, they're expensive. I was actually going to go with the whole mobile route, where like a skin is easily 15 bucks. Maybe uh, maybe it's just one of those things where it's like, in my day, skins used to be 25 cents. <laughs> maybe, am I just too uh, I, I think, not keeping up with inflation in terms of no, what these things are? No, I'm they've been microtransactions being like a couple dollars. And, you know, yeah, bucks. The, but they, they've been inflating for a while. WoW was, uh, I think WoW was the, the er, like one of the early ones that was like really expensive with mounts, uh -huh. like $25 mounts, which was obscene to me at the time. But now I can look back and be like, maybe if I really wanted that Griffin that's, like translucent, that'd be cool, but I wouldn't do it. Those were also like slightly faster, though, weren't they? Uh, I don't 
remember what bonuses they provided if they did provide any, but I think I think they they would I think they would match the highest level flight speed you had. Ooh, I, I could be wrong. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. I, honestly, the the other game that I got into back into was Counter Strike, and with that game, in terms of loot boxes and skins, you either you, you know you either buy a, sh- a shit ton of boxes or you just outright buy the skins, mm-hmm. and they get pretty expensive too, like easily like 70 bucks, depending on the you, where. You buy the skins from other players on you the You buy from other right? players on the, on the Steam Marketplace, so that's also pretty interesting. Do you think that a lot of these newer games are taking the brunt of practices that were just popularized by games like Team Fortress 2 and CSGO? I mean, that's the ecosystem is, is kind of naturally evolving that way, right? Like, it happened with WoW. WoW hit big and then never, I mean, though you could, uh, EverQuest was there too, but uh, you know those hit big, and then everyone for a while was like MMOs. Everyone was doing an MMO for a while. I want, I want, everyone. I want life to go back to that. I want more MMOs. <laughs> well, remember all the shitty ones that you got, though. Yeah, I mean, but at least like even with a shitty MMO, I had like a month of game time, uh-huh. and that was that was a lot. Like I don't I don't play games for a month solid anymore, really. You could uh, have you ever thought about. I mean, there's some of them out there that you could potentially play again, like Star Wars. I've tried going back, and yeah, uh, Star Wars is the one I played for six months, and I could not go back to it. It was just, it was too, it did not age well. Have you tried Elder Scrolls Online? No, I played the beta, and uh, I was so turned off by the beta, I've never gone back. I have heard, I've heard it's got a lot better. That, I don't play MMOs, which sucks because they added Morrowind to it, and so that's the one thing that's really tempted me to check it out, but I keep holding myself back because if I dive into an MMO that is all my time forever, yeah. uh, I just, I it's an on-off switch for me. I can't just MMOs do a reasonable amount good. of MMO. They're good. <laughs> yeah, but I have so many other things to be doing and playing. But you could be like, grinding. I have a job. I need to go to my job sometimes. Judging from how many hours you put into Persona 5, yes, I can see how that would be a sinkhole for what you. What if they made a yes. Persona MMO? Oh, just, mm, oh man! Mm, Let's not put that out there. No, no, because you the, you get the same problem with that though that you get with a lot of other single player to MMO type transitions, which is Persona Five. I'm the hero. I save the goddamn world. MMO. I'm one of millions of heroes, and we're all running around just like bashing little stuff and not really making a difference until the developers decide to flip the switch on some event, and then maybe. But I like, the reason I like Persona is like I'm in charge, I am the hero, and I get to go through it and be the, be the big bad dude. All right, you know? we'll forego the Persona MMO for a Stardew MMO where you get to Ooh. run your own farm and trade with everyone around the world. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, see, because then here I'm already picturing going to a farmer's market. Right. No, right. God. Okay, I need, to get get away. I need to get away from that real quick. <laughs> I, you know what? I'm actually thinking of taking up real gardening. Not it's even, way worse than not video even games. A joke. I've been uh, I've been inspired recently. I went to uh, there. There was just a Bernie vlog about it. Actually, went to the Renaissance Fair. Yeah. Uh, I'd never been to a Renaissance Fair. It was really? amazing. Incredible experience. Uh, yeah. I don't even know why I hadn't been before. It's it is awkwardly far away from here. It is. It, yeah, it's, it's like far. a two and a half hour drive, but it was so worth it. I didn't expect the Ren Fair to be what it was. Right. The, what were you expecting? The Texas I was Ren expecting is... a field with white tents in it that were like sort of in a grid pattern. Oh, yeah, no. I was not expecting a built up it's medieval Disney World. Yeah. Like, it was so cool. Have you, have you ever been to no. Ren Fair? Oh, I've so caught glimpses. What about it inspired you to do gardening? 
Um, no, no, no. Stardew <laughs> actually got yeah. me into gardening, but I've been inspired in many ways recently. <laughs> okay. Like, uh, so Stardew, I'm actually thinking about starting a garden. Um, I'm gonna get a greenhouse for the winter. I used to garden. There's the, I can what get a, I can get a, I can get a, because I can get a pop-up greenhouse and I can put it on the back porch and I can have my plants in winter because it's going to be really tough to garden for the next few months. I heard winter was like two months like, here and that's it. It was 80 degrees on Monday. Well, yeah, but theoretically the winter's coming. That, that's two <laughs> that's weeks that winter is of Game of Thrones. The winter is not coming here. <laughs> Uh, but the other thing is uh, from the Renfest, I'm now learning to weave chainmail and I'm learning leather work. Oh, chainmail is such a, a time consuming process. It really too. is. Um, is, that, I, is that gonna be your knitting thing now? You just like kind of? Like, yeah. yeah, I'm working on like a, uh, my first project is gonna be a scale mail pauldron. Okay. Um, I'll bring it in and I'll show you when I'm done. I'm really excited oh, about it. My hands are cramping up because everything's so little mm. and fiddly. Um, but I'm having a great time, and that's all stuff that I got into from real fun, dorky stuff like, uh -huh. you know, gardening or, or doing yeah, leather work. And Rinfest. Yeah. You get into more shit. <laughs> <laughs> like, the Rinfest is really fun. Uh, it's, yeah, they've got like full castles built up, and there's what? jousting and. Uh, all kinds of markets. It's huge too. I mean, it takes a while to walk around that thing. Yeah, now, we we we, we oh, basically wow. did the it's loop. Worth the drive. Plus Absolutely plus watch jousting and yeah. the, the loop in jousting took us like five hours and we barely stopped for to like yeah. shop at all. Now they will abduct ladies. That is a thing that happens there. So. You just like you'll be walking along and then suddenly someone runs by with a poor damsel over their shoulder and everyone has to chase after them and rescue her. I mean, when we went and did free play, public, like no joke, they would be like the, the performers would just walk over and just like grab Meg and just take her. <laughs> that I'm happened gonna, more gonna, than I'm once. Gonna, I'm going to level with you, Ryan. I don't know that that was a performer. I think she just got kidnapped. <laughs> it's possible. Now, maybe in the current climate of, of, of the world that settled down a bit, but it was pretty rampant. Like, <laughs> Like they just would, uh, they would even do things like trick her. Like he, one guy walked up and was like, here, let me see your hand for a second. And so she put her hand up and he just like took it and just walked into the shop with her. It's I like, wanna whoa. Know, I want to know Ryan's reaction in, in like instincts the first time. I think that we happened. have it on video. Like when we were shooting for free play. So we were just there and it was just like. <laughs> He's like, okay. Oh, all right. I mean, I just followed. Like, what am I going to do? That's that's not okay. <laughs> it was it was more good natured than I'm making it sound, but they're aggressive salespeople. There, I, I saw at the Renfest. We, we were just standing there, and there was like the parade walking by, and some lady walked out of the parade and like sensually grabbed Chelsea and kissed her on the forehead forcibly and then walked away. I was this, like, wow, this is a fucking okay. place. I have also heard now there's the option to, to camp outside the yes. Renfest. Apparently, it's like a medieval orgy. Lots of orgies going on <laughs> those nights. Those, the, the, if the tent's rocking, come on in. All right. So it's like, uh, oh God, what was that old King Arthur movie? Well, there is an orgy. It was the first King Arthur movie I ever saw. There's a lot of Excalibur. Naked. Yes. Ex I don't. I didn't remember a, an orgy scene. But. <laughs> that was probably like sixth grade. It was probably like I saw a butt and was like, oh my God, an orgy. There was a butt in it. Yes. There you go. So. <laughs> uh, so, so I had a, a great time, and um, I've been like reading a whole bunch of stuff, playing a couple indie games, which is why we'll be talking about that later. Um, but yeah, it's been a it's been a really fun couple of weeks, learning all kinds of skills, nice. leveling up. Nice, that's really awesome. Yeah. How about you, Ryan? What you been playing? Uh, I've been trying to get through the campaign for uh, Call of Duty World War II. It's all right. It seems like it's a pretty short campaign. How long of a struggle is this? Well, I'm playing it on veteran. 
I always go throwing uh, veteran the first time through. So I, I just want to get that out of the way. Do you not do you not like to play it on like hard and then go back to veteran so you have like a second time to play through like add add to the play time? I'm probably gonna play through it a second time anyway, just to go back and get like the level specific achievements. Got like it. I get them where I can, but um yeah, the first playthrough I just try and blast through it on veteran. That way any subsequent playthrough I'll play through on regular and it'll just be like I'm amazing. Like the, now, I am a god of the battlefield. Nothing can touch me. I think I finally got old in shooters, and I started playing on the normal difficulty and not harder veteran. I, I only do it for the that. achievement. I, I don't I'm know what totally happened. With you on I used to be like 100% have to play it on hard. Go, go, go. And, and then now it's like I just want to play yeah. through it. You know, <laughs> like, I got too no, much shit to play. Man. Well, there's not. About it. Out. I'm not. I mean, the story is kind of there. It's it's a very loose story that just kind of carries you forward, but. Um, yeah, so I mean, I'm not playing it for that. I'm just playing it for the second-to-second -second shooting. So it's kind of fun to have it be a challenge. And then when I go back through on regular, it will not be. So I always found the challenge in Call of Duty was like finding a piece of cover where no one could shoot you. Pretty much. And then just like popping up for a second and shooting someone. Yep. So the, the, and if it was two seconds, the challenge dead. is like finding the way to exploit the level. Right. Pretty much. Yeah. Right. Uh, and then you, it's it immediately penalizes you for not being a very very cautious person. Mm. So. Yeah. I'm a running gun. I, I don't know if I can handle that. You can't because <laughs> if you step out of cover, you are You're just dead. dead. I mean, there's Snap. it's not even like a oh, there's the guy. I can engage him and have a chance. Yeah. It's it's a shot. And your head's just yeah. on the wall. Call of Duty World or <clears throat> Call of Duty World War II has been set on how long to beat at six and a half hours. How long have you been playing on veteran? Probably more than that. Okay. Um, but it's hard to say because I I pick it up in just like gaps between things. So. Um, yeah, I'll play a little bit of it and then go back to filming something else. And World at War was notorious for that, where they would just on veteran like spawn grenades next they to you. They have not spawned grenades this time, which is good. I like that they now they just spawn bullets, but it's so it's still rough, but uh, it's not constant things dropping in your lap, stopping you from moving forward. Uh, I beat World, I, I beat the uh, World at War on veteran, so I mean, I'm I'm used to it being a bitch, but in this case, it's really not too bad. Hmm. Which Modern Warfare was it where you had the plane mission and the achievement was to like, get through it in like two minutes or something? Oh, oh god. Oh, uh, you're talking about Mile uh, High Club. Yes. Yeah. That's in uh, Modern Warfare. Modern Warfare. Yeah. I still have not beat that, but I really I want to take <laughs> I a, did it. I want to take a day and just do that one time. Like that, that is like still on my list of things to do. I did it originally when it, the game first came out, yeah. and then I tried it again when it came out on the uh, remastered version, and I couldn't get anywhere close. Hmm. So I don't know if I just have gotten much you lost it. or yeah, maybe like I've I felt like previously when I did it I was making progress because it's one of those things where it's a muscle memory thing. Yes, exactly because it's 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 a hundred percent. There's gonna be a guy there. I'm gonna shoot him. Gonna grab that gun. Shoot that guy. Okay, and then he's gonna come around. I'm gonna throw a grenade before I even look because I know that there's gonna be people in there and it's gonna kill him. And it's just a sequence of that. But like, I just could not get a rhythm going. Like I would come around a corner and just again it just get shot in the face immediately without. Even being able to execute the plan reliably, so hmm. I don't know if it's harder. You liking the campaign so far, though? It's all right. Okay. The I, <laughs> resounding. I mean, it's it's a shooter. Uh, there's nothing really unique about it. It's very bland. I'll say that. Wow. I mean, it's a ringing it's, endorsement. It's playable. It's enjoyable as a as like a, on a shooter, a Call of Duty shooter. It is a Call of Duty shooter. You know what you played you're the Call of Duty shooter. You know what this is. If you played the ones perf, you know before they started adding jumpsuits and robots and all that stuff. Do you miss that stuff? Do you miss the mobility? Uh, I never liked Call of Duty's version of it. 
compared to Titanfall. Titanfall okay. did it oh, so much better that Call of Duty was always just yeah. felt like uh, it was just, a poor copy. Titanfall was just very fluid. It was. Cod, it had this weird thing where you had to, I, I don't know, I was running around playing it. You were sliding, I think it was Infinite Warfare maybe? You were slide, jump, dash forward. That was like the way to get around the map the fastest. And mm. I was like, this is, it was it's making slight, my fingers yeah. hurt. It, it was, so Titanfall did that too. I mean, that was, you would, You'd have wall run, double jump, and then there was like a, a slide yeah. dash and all that stuff. But it, it was more fluid in the, the it lasted longer. It felt longer. right, though, yeah, yeah. whereas <laughs> Call of Duty never got it. Uh, so, yeah, I, the other thing that's really weird about it is I, I haven't played a lot of the multiplayer in Call of Duty yet, but uh, I look over Jeff and Jeremy's shoulders, and it looks very flat. It's like they didn't do something right with the lighting. I, it's hard to exactly, if you look at screenshots of it, you'll be like, why does this look worse and flat and ugly compared to previous Call of Duty games? Well, uh, Ron, I don't know if you know this, but uh, during World War II, the world was actually flat. The world was flat and had no color. Yes. Uh, very it was very poorly lit. They didn't invent color until uh, the 60s. It's backlighting didn't come around until then either, so it was just everything was just very flat <laughs> and, and not properly color graded <laughs> and mediocre. How about you, Adam? Um, I'm like you have been exploring other hobbies. I learned to paint uh, miniatures. I've been painting really small things. Oh, that's so very cool. Hard. For is this for one of the board games? That you yeah, I've just been playing board games. But also, I, I'm playing Fallout the board game, which I, is a fascinating board game. I have a question. Yeah. Do you have magnifying glasses of some I, kind? I do. <laughs> I don't. I don't need them. Like it's, okay. it's easier for me to see just with my naked eye than yeah. it is with. Regardless, can you can you send us a picture of you with the magnifying glasses? Yeah, thank you. In my mind, it's two jewelers loops, yeah. even though it's probably something. It's one of those like bar ones. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I was picturing the little jewelers things yeah. as well. Yeah. Just like it has two like little old school like you can see the gears on the sides, very <laughs> steampunk. The ones with like the lenses that uh -huh. you can drop down in front. Yeah. It's yeah. They're not they're not as necessary as I thought they'd be. I have one, but I don't use them. Uh -huh. So, what characters are you painting them for? Um, just a, a war game, but I'm eventually going to paint, you know, the, the games I like. But I, I started because I want to paint my Dark Souls guys. I like Dark Souls, and they came with really cool miniatures. So, um, but I started playing the Fallout board game, and it's a great adaptation of the video game. Like you play, you can play with multiple people, but I've been playing solo, and you explore a wasteland. There are, it's basically like a choose your own adventure game. Like you'll you'll go into like a building, and then you'll draw from a deck. And then it'll either be like a one-off encounter or it'll be something that starts a quest line. And you'll like go around and be like, all right, you got to go to Diamond City and tell this person you found her, her dead brother. And like you go to Diamond City and tell the person you found her dead brother and you like continue this like choose your own adventure game. And it's really, really cool. Um, but other than that, start playing some Mario again. I think I'm done with Mario. I really love that game. But finding the last like 200 stars is hard. Uh, um, <coughs> moons. Moons. Star okay. Well... Depending on where you are, sometimes they're stars. They're oh called, yeah, they're, they're actually called they're called moons, but they they make a funny joke of like sometimes moons can be shaped like stars. <laughs> yes. Um, what? I'm buying a switch. <gasps> yes. Oh, you guys planted the seeds months ago, and then finally Michael and Gavin lit a fire under my ass and. It was, it was Mario Kart. Kart. It was Mario, Mario Kart. Kart. Yeah. Dude, it Mario was. Kart on the Switch plays great. Yeah. Yeah, there was a, really a, a good solid month where we were, where we were playing that game. Yeah, everyone was just jumping online or yeah. just going to. We still have Michael's no house. playing that. Well, really? We'll get some yeah. games going with you. I'll yeah, it'll be it's mainly because I'm, I'm committed now. I'm gonna get the Odyssey Edition Switch, and then I'm gonna get those nice little red Joy Cons. And the, the red Joy Cons are are very cool. Have you seen her SNES Joy Cons? I have. 
They're super nice. They're super nice. I really like my Joy-Cons. Uh, so, fun fact, the, uh, the, I ordered one set of Joy-Cons. I don't know what happened, there was a glitch. They sent me a second set, and I don't know what to do with them. Oh, you I'm have like sure a really if... good friend to your <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm like, I don't know if I should do the right thing and send them back, or give them to someone who can enjoy them and then go on to also have people be like, tell me where you got those. Mm -hmm. Because every time anyone sees those Joy-Cons, they ask me where I got them, I tell them, and I've had a couple people who've gone and purchased Joy-Cons from them. So. What's the right thing to do here? We've plugged Sounds those like Joy-Cons. Giveaway. We've, we've plugged those Joy-Cons enough on this show that you deserve to keep both sets. They're an unofficial mm. sponsor. Yes. <laughs> all right. All right. There we go. That makes me feel a lot better. They probably wouldn't want them back anyway. Yeah. yeah. They would have to restock them. Someone would have to get fired because they sent two instead of one. That's <laughs> it'd be, a whole, it'd be a whole conundrum. Thing. It's better just to just pretend it didn't happen. <laughs> <laughs> There's a guy over there at the office. Like, I hope she doesn't send these back. I hope oh, she doesn't God. send these oh, back. God. Whatever she oh, does. What have I done? Uh, all right, let's talk about news. There's been a lot happening. Uh, we'll primarily talk about stuff that's happened in the last week or so, just because, you know, once we get back two weeks worth of news, that's, uh, that's a long time back that's far back in history. Uh, nothing uh, happens on Thanksgiving weeks anyway. Everyone's too, you know, trip to fan out. That's true. That's true. But we are very, we're well rested and we're ready. And you know why we're ready? Because we have Casper mattresses. And this episode is brought to you by Casper Mattresses. Uh, <laughs> Casper is a sleep brand that continues to revolutionize its line of products to create an exceptionally comfortable sleep experience one night at a time. Casper's mattresses are designed by humans for humans. They combine multiple supportive memory foams for a quality sleep surface with just the right sink and just the right bounce. Wink. It's breathable design that helps you sleep cool and regulate your body temperature through the night. They're not just a mattress company. Casper offers a wide array of products to ensure an overall better sleep experience. Uh, you can buy it easily online, completely risk-free. It'll be delivered right to your door in a compact box, and it is compact. You would not believe that there's any way a mattress could fit in a box that can be delivered to your house, but it does, and then you open it, and it just, like, becomes a mattress. It's this is a really cool experience. It's worth it for that alone, really. Okay, maybe also for the good sleeping, though. Um, you can try it risk-free. They deliver it in its cool box, and they understand the importance of truly trying out a mattress that, in all reality, optimistically, you spend a third of your life in. So, Casper offers uh, free delivery and painless returns within a 100-day period, so you don't have to lie down in a showroom with your shoes on. That always gets kind of weird. Uh, you just get to sleep on it and decide if it's for you. But Casper, if you want to, you still can. Yeah, you can't. Just go lay down in that showroom. Don't let them tell you you can't do that. No. In fact, lay lay down on everything. If everywhere. nothing else, get the Casper mattress and do that just so you can feel superior to whoever has to sleep true. on one of those. And Casper is available in U.S., Canada, and now the U.K. So start sleeping ahead of the curve with Casper and get $50 towards any mattress purchase by visiting casper.com slash glitch and using promo code glitch at checkout. Terms and conditions apply, but that's $50 towards any mattress purchase by visiting casper.com slash glitch and using promo code glitch at checkout. I have one of these mattresses, love it. Legitimately love it, it's great. And it was so nice to not have to go and then try to strap something down to the top of my car and take it home or arrange delivery, it just, it came, Opened this box, mattress becomes mattress, set it up, and it's a great mattress as well, which is, you know, important because you do spend a lot of time on your mattress. So, thanks to Casper for sponsoring this update. Now, let's talk about some news. 
there's been a couple of things that have happened this week. Uh, some of them are bigger than others, but they're all kind of fun to talk about. One, EA has lost $3 billion over Star Wars Battlefront 2. And there's a petition to have them lose the rights to that franchise. Yes, there's a change.org petition <laughs> asking, asking Lucas to take, or, well, Disney now, to take the, uh, the yes, license Disney hates agreement money. they have with EA, um, or between Disney and EA, uh, for Star Wars. Actually, the, the Star Wars license, it goes until 2023, 2024, Oof, something like that. It was, a, it was a 10-year license when they signed it, but we're also Damn. getting to the point where, honestly, I think thought that EA would have more Star Wars games out by now. Have they only put out Battlefront and Battlefront They put out Battlefront 2? and Battlefront 2, and they've got all these projects in the pipeline. Uh, and they've they've done some other, there's, you know, there's other smaller stuff. There are mobile titles available and that kind of thing as well. But uh, the as far as the big AAA stuff, it's pretty much just been Battlefront, Ooh. Battlefront 2. Well, almost 67,000 people. It's good that they're going for quality over quantity, though. That way we're going <laughs> to like Battlefront 2 and Battlefront 1. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't played the campaign for Battlefront 2 yet. Is it I good? like it. Um, I like it. We, we discussed Heard. Battlefront 2 a little bit more in depth yeah, a few weeks ago. Uh, it's short. Okay. I, like the, I like the campaign. Uh, I like exploring different perspectives in the Star Wars universe than just being like, oh... You know, Imperial is the worst. Uh, I like that that was actually the protagonist, and they they showed their side of the story. And it really does come down to like, what's your personal narrative? Uh, because they had theirs, and the rebels were the worst, uh, and that made sense for the characters that you're playing as. So it was really cool to go through that. I thought the gameplay was pretty polished, but it was a short campaign. Mm -hmm. I love Star Wars games that give you the perspective of both sides. Like Star Wars: The Old Republic did that really well, where you could play as the uh, like the bad guys or the the Imperials or the Republic. <laughs> uh, yeah, I really really like that. So maybe I'll like the campaign at least. Yeah, um, yeah, I've got a copy if you want to try it, but you don't want to necessarily buy the game. Uh, I don't want to buy the game. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that's happening with a lot of people, and that's why EA's lost three billion. So to be clear, uh, it's the stock valuation. Right. So okay. uh, since the beginning of November, EA's stock has dropped eight point five percent. That's a lot considering this is a huge release month and this was a huge title. And usually that's about the time when stock goes up. So, mm -hmm. but with all the problems that they've been having, uh, their stock has dropped 8.5% and that's a loss of $3 billion in value. It's, uh, there's been a lot of pictures that emerged from Black Friday of empty video game shelves that had nothing left but Battlefront 2. <laughs> that, man, yeah. like, <laughs> damn. I, a lot of people are probably cheering that EA is losing a bunch of money, but that is also going to trickle down to the developers yeah. whose decisions it wasn't to, to make, you know, all these microtransaction problems. So I hope that that stuff gets... You mean like we're going to get another visceral? Right. I hope I hope we get, like, you know, proper restructuring and not, like, the people whose fault it wasn't. EA's got a weird spotty history with blaming the right or wrong reasons for things. So, for example, they shut down visceral because they said... Uh, the game was turning out to be too linear. No one likes linear games anymore. No. The, so they shut down the studio. And they moved the game, and it's now going to be whatever it was, completely different. Maybe they'll use some textures. Uh, but it's completely changed, and they blamed that very much on linear games. But they've also been very, like, I think they also acknowledged with Titanfall 2 that its sales were low because they sent it out to die. 
they sent it out against Call of Duty Infinite Warfare. And even though everyone hated Infinite Warfare, uh, yes, and Battlefield. And Battlefield, yeah. Uh, so they sent it between these two juggernauts, one of which was uh, a very similar, you know. Very similar, and one of which was their own title. Yes. So uh, I think they acknowledge at least that the low sales of that particular title were not because the game was bad. And it seems like they're going to continue to support uh, Respawn and Titanfall. And they just they acquired should, because Respawn. because that was an so, amazing game. It, if you haven't played Titanfall 2, you probably can get it cheap now. Go play it. It's really good. Single-player campaign, amazing. Probably my favorite single-player shooter campaign in the last, like, several years. And the multiplayer is extremely enjoyable. It's, if you like Call of Duty, you'll like this better. This, I think, is going to be a weird example of EA... This Battlefront one specifically, finding really weird ways to justify why it's not their fault. Uh, the uh, CFO, Blake Jorgensen, was speaking at this. It was a it was like a Credit Suisse uh, conference, and he blamed it on Star Wars canon. Shall I read eh? you the quote? Oh, yes, man, please. this is such an <laughs> infuriating... <laughs> The one thing we're very focused on, and they're extremely focused on, is not violating the canon of Star Wars. It's an amazing brand that's been built over many, many years. So, if you did a bunch of cosmetic things, you might start to violate the canon. Darth Vader in white probably doesn't make sense versus in black. Not to mention, you probably don't want Darth Vader in pink. No offense to pink, but I don't think that's right in the canon. Did you see all the So this was the justification (laughs) for why they have the star cards to sort of pay to win sort of microtransactions. Uh, Instead is that they couldn't do, they couldn't do purely cosmetic because that might violate the canon. You know what doesn't violate the canon? Yoda and Kylo Ren, which they featured so heavily in the trailers of the marketing, just showing... Non-canon stuff. Yeah, yeah. People's arguments against this are like, why are you showing, why are you showing Ray fighting Darth Maul? <laughs> also, <laughs> I would love a pink Darth Vader. I feel like he's going so far, like down that path of like, oh, pink and glittery and sparky, uh, sparkly. But like, what if there was like a samurai Vader? You know what I mean? There's, well, there's or also, well, also, there's also, also, I mean, the whole we, idea here is that this is the worlds colliding in Star Wars. You're already yeah. having the fantasy of multiple parts of the world interacting, that's an, uh, an opening to have it be even broader. Right, First like off, no one is expecting the Star Wars Battlefront 2 multiplayer to be accurate story. to, yes, to every little bit. Every battle you fight might change history if that were the case. You know, like it changes the way the, like you have a battle on Endor and it suddenly plays out totally differently, oh God. You know, it's just boy. That would make Battlefield One really scary to play. So, <laughs> right? like, if you look at this though, like, take even if you didn't, if you wanted to stay in canon, all almost all of the the hero characters have costume changes between the movies. Like, even Darth Vader is slightly different. He's probably the most minute different, different. But like Princess Leia, I don't know if she's a hero in the game. But she has obviously different outfits. Luke has obviously different outfits. Even Rey has obviously different outfits, and. Both that, like those can all be cosmetic options, and then you have all like your grunt characters, which are the ones you play most often. And there are so many different grunt characters that you could potentially be playing as in terms of just skins. Yeah, like what about adding battle scarring to armor at the very right. least? That's right. not even a specific thing. Right. Or uh, you know, you could look at uh, potentially pulling in. They're not canon anymore either, but uh, some of the like old comics. I'm pretty sure there is a comic where Darth Vader is in white. I've seen a, a white version of Darth Vader before. I just don't know if it was something that I was... I think that was con- maybe concept art? 
Yeah, it may have been. Of, uh, God, why can't I remember his name? The, the concept artist for freaking Star Wars. <laughs> either way, it seems like a really shaky sort of justification. If they wanted to say they're having trouble with licensing for these cosmetic options, that I understand. And maybe they won't say that because they can't throw their licensing partner, Disney, under the bus mm. and like blame them for making it difficult. But the justification as they have it doesn't really hold any sort of water, even within their own marketing. And the other thing, <laughs> the reality is there are different types of players in games. Some people have more time than money, and some people have more money than time. You always want to balance those two. Mm. You just gotta, you gotta whack the cash pinata just at the right angle. I get what he's saying. There are some people who just don't have time. So balanced, though, you know. But so I, I don't know that buying skill because you don't have the time to actually get skill is the answer. I will say, I mean, there's a lot of things about this game that just fall apart. It, it, I feel like we we spent a lot of time focusing on the microtransaction <laughs> aspect of it, but uh, I've, have you tried like the the single player situations type thing? It's oh, like arcade mode. Yeah, is well, that's where uh, like you can play offline, and you just sort of go into a small single scenario, and you have uh, you know uh, five minutes to like kill base. off thirty. Okay. Yeah, you can't. You the, there's it's each one of them has three difficulty levels. You can't just jump to difficulty three. You have to play your way up through each one. They're not entertaining at all. It's just you killing. AI for a while. The uh, that was the mode where if you're downloading the game and it's not finished, that's the sort of play it while it's still downloading mode. Is you can play the arcade mode. Mm. Uh, that feels very much like what that mode mm. is. You can play it co-op too, but I don't know why you would care to. I mean, it existed in Battlefront One as well, but it was somehow more enjoyable in One than it is now. They've made it worse. To the one in, in One where you're just like fighting off waves of dudes. Yeah, I actually. That was the one thing I enjoyed in one. Me and me that and Grace, one had some. Me and Grace some played that co-op, and it was just kind of fun. There was just kind of fun. It was there was not enough. The of fun it. is gone. Yeah. Oh, that's the other thing. There were cosmetic, uh, cosmetic like loot box stuff in Battlefield or Battlefield Battlefront One. Yeah, there was there was a bunch of different races of like grunt characters, yep. right? Yes. Like a bunch of different like aliens and things like that. But think of the cannon. <sighs> Alfredo shaking his head. I just, every time. <laughs> just, I hear I hear it in the achievement support room because there's like such big, huge Star Wars fans, and every you're time talking about you're talking about Andy. Yeah, you're talking about Andy, Larry, all of them, and they're just always just up in arms what? with like whatever the article comes out. Have they discussed like other than their stock price dropping? Have they discussed sales at all? Uh, they have not, but uh, they did. Uh, Jorgensen in the same speech that he was giving, he did say that uh, they didn't see these difficulties as a problem, but as an opportunity. To do what? Learn. Cool. Which is actually an admirable mindset, but uh, not usually the goal of a business. It's it's like uh, someone assembled a car badly and then went, you know, that's not a bad car that we just spent a lot of money on. It's an it's a learning <laughs> that's an opportunity. opportunity. <laughs> that was a and learning it's, experience. It's yeah. also like it's a company that's been building cars for decades. Than building one wrong I mean, and going. Battlefront Two. We're still learning. Battlefront Two was the the one that was supposed to be the learned lesson. Like they had problems in Battlefront yeah. One, and it seemed That's like true. they'd fixed so many things. Yeah, when they it came out of E3, like they were like, "We're giving you free DLC." Like we we're, we listened. We're doing a campaign. We're making it better. Yeah. Everything you wanted is in there. Also, little thing. 
Hmm. Star cards. It's but yeah, right out of, off the bat, you can't ask people to pay for a game knowing that they're going to continue to have to pay for the game if they want to play it. On a quick note, I've been looking into some of the um, like cosmetic options that they might be able to do, like nice a long hat. story and canon. Thank you. Uh, I'll give you one guess as to who hold, who told me to wear it. Um, <laughs> but yeah, uh, so one the concept artist Adam, are you talking about Ralph McQuarrie? Mount Ralph McQuarrie. There it yeah. is. Um, and then, yeah, there was a comic book series called Star Wars Infinities Return of the Jedi where Anakin redeemed himself and came back as a white Darth Vader. Um, and Super actually, canon. Yeah. And uh, most of, uh, actually, Star Wars is kind of based on a, a, a like, Akira Kurosawa movie. Mm -hmm. um, but they actually, um, Takayuki Takeya, who's done a lot of, like, action figure statues and, like, worked in video games, he actually designed Yoshimitsu's look for Tekken Tag Tournament 2, did uh, a lot of like I guess he did a samurai Darth Vader and Ronin Boba Fett figurine that came out for a while and was yes. like, yeah. Yeah. see there you go that'd awesome be great cool those are all would, really cool things people that, would absolutely pay to be that and yeah. it, you don't even have to think of them as like oh god can it is think of them as nods to other bits of the Star Wars universe yeah. in fact there's a cosplay of a really cute little girl as a pink Darth Vader she's got a tutu <laughs> put that in I'll play it. <laughs> All right, sure. Why not? Come on. Don't you want to run around part. killing people as a pink Darth Vader with a tutu? Uh, I would feel disrespected. <laughs> <laughs> it, should, it should also be noted that um, while too. EA's stock has fallen 8.5% from the, the beginning of the month, from the beginning of the year, they're still up 39%. So, so they're not dying. They lost no. 3 billion of the 10 billion that they gained. Right. Hmm. I mean, again, EA's a big. A crazy big company at this point. They've got a bunch of different product lines, and if one goes down, then it's not really going to tank the whole company. That's but true. Their uh, their overall lineup is shrinking, though. They are they are relying on fewer titles. Wonder why that are larger in scale. So while again, this doesn't EA, they're not going to shut down. They're not in danger. Hopefully, what this does mean, though, is that they are taking a bit of a lesson. And they're, they're, or they're realizing that this isn't working with consumers and they need to do something else. Well, they can fix it. They could fix it today if they wanted to. Get rid of the way the star cards are unlocked. I mean, they'll need to rebalance their whole fucking yeah. game. I, I think it'll take them more they? than just one day. Yeah, because the it's, progression is slow. It's unbalanced now. Because that's what I'm saying. They need to rebalance their game. But if they not, gave everybody not, access not, to every ability, not, that's that's what. Sure, but like, okay, so you're taking away progression entirely. Right now, I think the, the argument is like, if you take away, do you make it playable or do you make it? I mean, just, just you make change it different the tiers of star cards, the things that you unlock and progress. They should right? just take away star cards. <laughs> well, I mean, I the star cards are the progression system they have. I think the problem is that right now. It, the progress is slowed down specifically with an eye to promoting Sales. people buying loot boxes. Also, they give you none to start with, which is part of the problem. It's like you join the game and you have no grenade, no nothing. Like you have no abilities. Right. That's dumb. Yeah. Yeah. That's objectively terrible. Yeah. Um, also, in fun company decisions this week, Epic is suing a 14 year old. Nice. So this is related to uh, this is related to Fortnite, Fortnite Battle Royale, Battle Royale. Uh, and actually, it's it's not about the game itself. It's sort of uh, 
detailed. So here's what's happened. Uh-huh. EA has lodged a lawsuit against a 14-year-old. Uh, the defendant uh, was cheating in Fortnite. They, uh, he recorded it. He posted it to YouTube. Epic hit him with a DMCA. Okay. The kid counterclaimed the DMCA. <laughs> okay. Uh, what that means is he, it's uh, like disputing the, co- right. the DMCA uh, and saying that, no, he had every right to put it up and so on. Uh, that, which is a very valid move to do with YouTube. You can do that, and if the claimant doesn't respond, then your video goes back up. Okay. So it can be used by a lot of people to try to defend against someone strong-arming them or making false claims. You get these companies on YouTube that will occasionally uh, claim a bunch of stuff that's not theirs, yeah. uh, claim their revenue for it. Uh, and so this is a way to protect against that. But it's also the start of legal action. Because when you counterclaim, you're saying, I'll be happy to defend myself in court. And YouTube will provide all that information to the claimant, who then has 10 days to start legal action or lose the claim and the video goes back up. So, Epic lodged legal action. It doesn't sound like they gave him, or he gave them a choice. Well, the choice was they could either uh, start this legal action and keep the video down. <coughs> or Which seems like valid that they should have had that video taken down. Right. Or, or let it go. DMCAing it on the grounds that it was their IP. They were DMCAing it on the grounds that one, it's their IP, so they can. But two, because he was uh, promoting cheats and yeah. exploits. Probably violates the, the user agreement. Okay. Yeah. Yes, that and that and that violates the their their agreement. Uh, so that was their. That, that's their angle on it. Um, now, the the kid, being 14, they did make one mistake here in that uh, they published the defendant's name. Ooh. The defendant's 14. You can't do that. That is an interesting legal quandary there, yeah. Right. So, uh, now the kid's mother is involved. Because the defendant is 14, that means that his legal guardian, in this case his mother, is is involved and responsible. And she is not happy about it. Well, I would be pretty unhappy if my kid drug me into this, but I well, have a feeling she... Well, you, you, you would think that, but she wrote a strongly worded letter to the court. Uh, let's see. <clears throat> it is my belief that due to their lack of ability to curve, I think she means curb, cheat codes and others from modifying their game, they are using a 14-year-old child as a scapegoat to make an example of him. She also doesn't believe the... Uh, uh, user license agreement is valid because please note parental consent was not issued to my son to play this for game produced by Epic Games Inc. That is also an interesting question. Yeah. Like when you have a game sales, there's a way to actually regulate, albeit almost uselessly, but the age of the person that is purchasing the software. But when you're talking about a free game, there is, I mean, you still have to agree to the uh, right, it means that he, legally he shouldn't be able to accept the user license agreement. But he, he, because, did, he did. Right, he did, which then means, that, so he is I'm pretty entering sure into a, a legal contract there, sort of, although, you know, user license agreements don't always oh, it's a a bunch lot of of, carry a lot of water. Yeah. yeah, there's a lot in there that you can't enforce. So she, she's saying that he's using cheat codes. What cheat codes was he using? <laughs> you no, know, I, I don't want my video taken now. Um, but yeah, so she's saying one, 
Oh, there's another part in her letter where she's like, there are so many other people doing this too. Go after them and go after the people who made the cheats. Epic is going after the people. I mean, who they're made taking the down all those videos. Yes. They are, yes. And so, most of those people aren't dumb they're, enough yeah, to counterclaim not it. To counterclaim that. Yeah. So um, on the one hand, I think that Epic made a mistake in that shouldn't have posted his like they shouldn't have made his name available. They didn't do their due diligence there. I think. Uh, you no, know. there may be, and I'm not obviously I know very little about legal matters, but in this instance, I feel like there might be a loophole whereby he had already announced himself. Potentially. So potentially. if it's already public knowledge, then I don't also, know. Also, there's, there's another thing here in that um, because he was not 18, what he was, like, posting videos on YouTube and stuff may not have been uh, allowed either. So he was just violating lots of... Kids just a little shit. Not laws, not laws, but uh, user agreements. Yes, Um, but I guess where I get frustrated is uh, the... the, And maybe what's happening behind closed doors is a little bit different. But I get really frustrated with the mother in this case (laughs) because she admits that her son was cheating Mm -hmm. uh, and posting it online. Uh But... She thinks that he shouldn't, this shouldn't be an issue because other people are doing it. Don't you disrespect my angel. He is perfect in every way. I, you know, and like I will admit that like suddenly 14 year old being in court over cheating in a video game, it seems like that's, that's a lot, right? But it's also not necessarily about the video game at this point, it's about the DMCA. I mean, they, he did not give them a choice. If, they want the video down, which I feel like they have the right to ask to have it taken down. <clears throat> um, and they went through the proper method to do it. And he counterclaimed it. What can they do other than this? That's what's in the agreement with YouTube is they have to do this or it goes back up. He could have just not counterclaimed it. He could release the counterclaim. Offer you <clears throat> in Fortnite. Hell no! You <laughs> you, I mean, I'm not trying to get like a like a VAC ban or anything on my Steam profile. Like all my games and times played. <laughs> no, it's not worth it at all. And then to put it up there, it's just. I mean, yeah, sure, he's 14, but you know what you're doing when you're making YouTube videos and actually posting that up there. Mm-hmm. And like, it's not really an excuse of like, oh, everyone else is doing it. Well, it's like, yeah, okay, well then, guess what? The bullet hit you, and like, you kind of put yourself in the way of said bullet by counterclaiming it, so. Well, it's like speeding. Lots yeah. of people speed. Yeah. Getting pulled over and arguing that everyone else was also speeding doesn't make you not get a ticket. Yeah. Right. Especially if the cop pulls you over and gives you a warning and then you peel out in front of him. Like, idiot. <laughs> I wonder, yeah. I wonder, you think they're, they're not looking at you I mean, right now? I mean, obviously this case is going to go nowhere because <clears throat> it's a 14-year-old kid. Yeah, I don't know I mean, if this video, is gonna if maybe this the is gonna like taken down. Maybe, settle or yeah, the mom's what? just gonna be like, all right, I'll take down the video. Let's not let's not yeah. pay thousands of dollars to go to court over a YouTube video that is a kid cheating. Who cares? Right? Why did? Why is she fighting this? Why not say, yeah, the kid's an yeah. asshole? Because then she'd have to he's grounded. Her angel. He's grounded. Yeah. That's it. She would have to. Well, she is annoyed because I mean, as for as far as I can tell, if I mean, if I I'm giving her the benefit of the doubt here. Uh, <clears throat> she doesn't see what he has done as necessarily that big a deal because there's people all over YouTube doing things 
Maybe she doesn't understand the nuances of what's going on here, but all she sees is that there's a big company that's trying to take her son to court. Well, on top and of that, it's gonna be a big <clears throat> hassle for her and her family. One of her defenses is she claims that her son did not, as Epic alleges, help create the cheat software, but simply downloaded it as a user, and that Epic has no capability of proving any form of modification. He put it on video on YouTube. <laughs> yeah. That's her thought process. Feels like that elevator doesn't reach the top floor. You know what, though? I, to some degree, I do understand that not a lot of parents understand. The, they're not going to understand the nuances of YouTube legal processes and, uh, and like, the video games in general. You're right. She probably sees a big company trying to All right, take hold on. I mean, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. There's only there's so, the basic structure of he was cheating and, yeah. and like promoting something. Dude, also, it's only so far the excuse of as a, as a from a parent's perspective though, there was a show on G4 called Cheat where the show was about how to cheat in video games. Like from a parent's perspective, they may not know that this is that it's an online <laughs> game that affects other people or whatever. Like. Games used to be all about like putting in cheat codes. Right, like yeah. cheat codes used to be a, a grand tradition. Yeah, yeah. yeah but so maybe like, that's just what the mindset she's in. She doesn't understand. It takes five seconds with the internet to get educated about why mm, this is a bad idea. Some this people is are some people are willfully ignorant. Wait, that's true. But and and that feeds into a larger thing is that we're at a point now where uh, he's 14 years old. I don't know how old the mother is, but I mean, I grew up with video games basically my whole life. There's a level of you're just really avoiding having any knowledge of... I mean, my parents, they suck at computers. Anybody that is have, has a 14-year-old kid has grown up with computers their entire life. There's a level of... You need to know how this works at least a little to function in society these days. Also, just a little. it's a 14-year-old that's put out a Google video it. on YouTube of him cheating. It doesn't... You know, there's actual tangible like evidence to see what like was happening and maybe see that he was interacting with other players. It takes two seconds, and also he's 14. He's probably talking shit and like, uh, uh, you know, just being a, a little. Ass. I just figured out what was making all the noise. <laughs> was it? Uh, I thought it was something in the desk. No, it was my <laughs> iPad. I mean, there's nothing wrong with being a dumb kid, but when someone calls you on being a dumb kid, don't thumb your nose at authority because. They have to come after you. At the same time, he's, he's 14. That's the 14-year-old thing That's exactly what you do at 14. <laughs> it's like, like a 14-year-old kid gets told to stop skateboarding. And here's the thing. And uh, by a security guard. And then you know what's working against you? Uh, everyone out there that has ever had a kid is immediately happy to sue a 14-year-old because that little shit needs to learn his place. I'm so grateful that the internet <clears throat> was not as prevalent now, or like when I was 14 as it is now. I was an asshole at 14. Everybody's Everyone an asshole at 14. I stole stuff at 14. Ooh. You have to put 14-year-olds in their place. You yeah, have to. I got or a they big become... trouble. I had to go to court. Ooh. Yeah. And see, if you don't, then they grow up to be assholes. You have to slap the asshole out of them at some point. Otherwise, they just stick with it for their whole lives. Slap that asshole. Not on the asshole. You slap the asshole out of them. If you slap them on the asshole, that's probably abuse. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Okay. Uh, well, on a on a slightly brighter note than slapping that asshole, uh, tapping that tank, <laughs> <laughs> slapping that sack. On that note, uh, Nintendo may have something planned for the Game Awards. Uh, oh. We don't know what it is exactly, but uh, they are giving away. There's there's a couple of factors here. They're all adding up to some interesting speculation. Which Hopeful of their six titles are they going to release something for? 
Hope. Ryan, <laughs> I need you to be quiet right now. Such a hater. I need you. I need you to put down that hater aid and just let us be excited about something. Okay, please okay. be another puppet show, another puppet short. That would be great. That's all I want. Uh, so games. Nintendo's giving away five passes to the Game Awards, which are on December seventh. Hmm. Separately. Uh, Jeff Keighley has teased that they're having more game reveals than they've ever had before and uh, Not sure if he's counting the spike iteration of, of his awards But at one point they had something like 12 so now people are saying maybe that means 13 either way a lot of reveals coming on December 7th so the speculation is that Nintendo may be planning to announce one or more things at that show Maybe not Maybe they're just planning and basking in uh, all the awards that uh, Breath of the Wild and Mario Odyssey are probably going to snap up. But maybe they're announcing something. What do you think? I'm hoping for Animal Crossing. Here's why. Nintendo's mobile strategy so far has been to use the mobile titles to build hype for their full titles. So far, it worked, it worked really well with Pokemon. Pokemon Go came out, uh, and admittedly that was third party, but it was a licensed thing. They worked with the timing, I'm sure. And then uh, Pokemon Sun and Moon like bro broke records. It was way up from previous years. So that was a good sign. Uh, Mario, I th this is speculation on my part. It gets a little flimsier here, but uh, Mario Run came out last December. And we think, based on some early marketing materials for the Switch that leaked, where Mario was heavily present, we think that uh, Super Mario Odyssey was intended to be a launch title, but they pushed it back before ever actually announcing the date, which is why suddenly all the marketing became Breath of the Wild. So that would have been like December to March. They would have been building that through. It didn't work out, but seems like that was their strategy. They had a Fire Emblem game come out. Now they've got Fire Emblem hitting the Switch. That sort of thing, where they, they're using these mobile titles to uh, re-energize their fan bases, get them excited. Guess what just came out? Animal Crossing. Guess what I'd like to see an announce of? Animal Crossing. <laughs> I'm making, do, you, do, I'm making, you like, do you like Pocket Camp? I'm making, I do like Pocket Camp. Uh, it's really shallow. Is it, Grace is it's like really shallow. I, I, I love it. it. Um, but I'll be honest, Animal Crossing, uh, even the full version, is always one of those games where... It's very much about checking in at certain times. You don't spend hours and hours and hours playing every time you check in with it necessarily. You go, you pull up the weeds, you gather your fruit, you go and see if you can dig up some fossils. You, you know, you do a couple of things for the day, basically. That's why it seems like a great mobile game. Right, um, and so this is similar, but there's a lot less to do in this. You basically run around and bribe a bunch of animals to be your friends. <laughs> uh, and admittedly, that is, you know, you also do gifts and stuff in the full game, but that seems much more the part of this. There is... It's like the focus. Yeah. Yeah, like you're, you know, you're not traveling to other people's towns to, uh, to exchange fruit because you only have cherry trees and, well, hey, they've got apples. And so you go to their town and you get the apple, you bring it home and you plant it. And now you have an apple orchard and you just made a cool new thing in your town. There's... L oh, let me ask you something. Yeah, okay. Okay. It's, uh, again, not Nintendo guy. What, really, Ryan? How big is Animal Crossing? Are we, like, on par with Mario? No. Animal Crossing is not on par with Mario. It's nicher. 
Well, then, okay. But I'd say it is, it's one of their bigger franchises. Let me throw this out there, then. Okay. If they're going to do this big elaborate thing and they're going to send five people to Game Awards and there's going to be a lot of pomp and circumstance, it's got to be something that they know is not going to go, oh. It's got to be like, oh, my God. Probably so we're talking smash. like Metroid. It's going to be Smash. Oh, sm They've already smash? Announced, yeah. announced a Metroid. They, yeah, I mean, they the, showed the, all the logo, said, but if this is said, like we're the game it. reveal, like yeah. if this is where they actually show their first trailer or something and really unveil it, I can see that uh, because we do know that that's coming, and that is one of their uh, biggest and most neglected franchises, although we, we, you know, we did get Samus Returns this year, so... That's been good. Well, that's, and that may be feeding into your, like, they give you a little title to warm you up for the thing. <laughs> that's very true. But they've already, get, they've already dropped a logo. A little, little, little bit of a fluff. There's already, there's already a Metroid announcement. So if they, assuming that maybe they've already blown their Metroid I, load for a while. I thought that they, hmm, no, they didn't come out with a date for Metroid. But the, no, they just showed a logo. Yeah, they just said, in development. Right. So, which, which to me sounds like we just started, we don't have anything to show for at least another year and a half. That's what I figured too. So, mm -hmm. I mean, so what else they got? It's, um, it's got to be something big. Smash would be huge. Yeah. Smash would be enormous. It's probably also like the the one major Nintendo title that I'd be least excited for. I think yeah, Smash, Smash, Smash Bros. is fun, but it's like it's not the game. Like I'm not a competitive multiplayer kind of guy. Mm -hmm. So for me, it kind of falls flat. Yeah, it's not it's not my kind of game, but I'm okay with that. Yeah. Uh, I would be curious to see though if they were going how. If they announce it here, how far out that means it is, you would think then they, they'd be releasing it probably next year-ish. Uh, but they also had ARMS come out this year. How close are they going to put their fighting genre games? Would they hold off Smash until uh, 2019? I don't think those two... I mean, they are fighting, both fighting games, but I don't think those two are really competing with each other. That's true. I haven't heard any buzz about ARMS. People don't like that game that much. I feel bad for it. Well, I'm curious if ARMS is something like Splatoon. When Splatoon came out for uh, for the Wii U, no one really talked about it. It was just the easily the most successful title on that console. It, ha it sold 4 million copies. It was the game that people played on Wii U. But no one really talked that much about it. So I I'm, I'm wonder if ARMS has a similarly quiet but dedicated community. I'm not writing it off. I, I, I had a lot I more. It does. Like, every, like really? late night. Yeah, late night when I'm browsing Twitch, they'll like throw up like in their like, top slate. I'll see like a fighting tournament with ARMS, like often. I'm like, this and they are supporting not, it with new oh, fighters and new content pretty constantly. regularly. A new one I mean, just dropped today, yeah, actually. Fighters. Yeah, watched a new out. fighter. Huh. I mean, but Splatoon did come out like a month. Splatoon 2 just came out a month after ARMS. Mm -hmm. And that game still getting support, too. So, I don't know. I get what you're saying. But I think Smash would have a much broader appeal and would probably be a good, a good announcement for, for Nintendo. I agree. Ryan, is there anything you'd want to see? Uh, I mean, I am looking forward to then it'll be entirely dependent on what they come up with but i am looking forward to the new metroid title um if it's even a little bit reminiscent of breath of the wild uh, i will happily buy it up and enjoy it um other than that i don't know it's most of the the franchises from my you know snes days uh are kind of accounted for or wouldn't carry over like uh, just what? Didn't they ever talk about Pokemon? I mean, that no. was my thought was maybe a Pokemon would no. pop out, but because that I, would be that would be like the other biggest announcement. If you wanted to drop a mic at the Game Awards, it would be, probably be Pokemon. Yeah, they have announced that they're working on, or they've got you know they're they've they're planned and are working on a mm. Pokemon 
title for the Switch, but that's all they've said about that one too. So that's that's <coughs> that one's not even on a level of Metroid Prime Four, where they're like logo. This yeah. one is just yeah, we're working on it, but uh, we don't know what to do with the Switch yet. Hmm. So we'll, we'll pretty, see on that. But that would be huge. Would be but a logo is uh, not going to cut it for if, Game Awards. You've got to have something to show. Oh yeah, if oh. they're uh, if they're hoping to move. 30 million units over the next year, Pokemon would be the way to do it. Yeah, it fucking would. <laughs> That's why I'm buying a Switch now, because I was like, eventually I will buy it for Pokemon, so I might as well enjoy the games yeah. until then. Um, I would like, maybe if nothing else, like a 2D Zelda game. I want another Link Between Worlds kind of... Link Between Worlds was so good! So good. So good! Yeah. So I would like that. hope they don't just pop out and like, another Mario Party! Actually, you know what? I will also take a Mario Party, though. Oblivion coming to Switch. The, the Mario oh, Party. Yeah. Out of it, they the came out for awards, a 3DS. Though. They're hyping it up so much. Yeah, I'd like to see something that's not Mario Party yeah. for the Game Awards. I don't like Mario Party that much. <laughs> I like the way it makes me hate people. Yeah. All right. Um, yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, um, let's talk about uh, our next thing. So we want to talk a little bit about uh, about net neutrality, but we want to be. You will like. I want to set that aside from uh, from news. It's sort of its own topic because it's more of an ongoing discussion and risks. So um, we'll we'll break it out into its own section. But first, um, I want to say thanks to our sponsor. This is a new sponsor for us. This is Even Prime. Uh, this episode of Glitch Please is brought to you by Even Prime, a new Korean men's skincare brand providing two essential products you need for healthier, younger-looking skin. If you struggle with oily skin or wrinkles or acne or all of the above, with only a facial cleanser and moisturizer, Even Prime brings the best in Korean skincare technology with high-performance ingredients. Even Prime is specially formulated for men's skin and leaves it visibly healthier, refreshed, and hydrated without the shine. Even Prime is travel-friendly and a perfect holiday gift for your friends, brothers, and partners. Follow the link in the description or visit evenprime.co and use promo code GLITCH at checkout for 10% off and free shipping on your first purchase. That's E-V-E-N-P-R-I-M-E dot C-O plus promo code GLITCH at checkout for 10% off and free shipping on your first purchase. I'm always envious of men's skincare because you guys got like all figured out. Like it's nice. You got like a two-step process. Mine's like five steps. I wish I could boil it down. Yep. My, my step is uh, have a face. <laughs> I'm with you, dude. A shower. Yeah. Good. Yeah, well, it's great. Sometimes, sometimes, sometimes shampoo gets yeah. on there. Parts of it. No problem. Right. I don't even do that. Got to try that. Even Prime. Also, make a great gift, so maybe I know what to get you now. A face? Yes. A new face. You could use a face. Oh, I could use some face. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's talk about net neutrality. Woo! Yeah, um, so... No. What does Destiny do a thing? <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, net neutrality has uh, been a big topic online. There's a lot of people not entirely sure like what it means, uh, what the implications are. Uh, uh, several years ago, um, the FCC classified ISPs as Title II. They basically classified it as a utility, so it could be regulated the same way that you regulate uh, water or that sort of thing where there are specific standards and companies are allowed to do certain things, not allowed to do other things um, with uh, those types of businesses. Uh, however, the current FCC administration has proposed uh, a new plan where they roll, back, roll that back and um, basically declassify it and not regulate it. 
So there are, are there are there are arguments on both sides. I think there the arguments you're seeing from a lot of people who are against it is that they don't want the government involved in ISPs. They don't want them regulating it, telling them what they can and can't do. Uh, and then on the other side, uh, you have people saying that without regulation, without official oversight, you'll get more anti-competitive practices like ISPs have been doing. Uh, or specifically, the concern is that ISPs will uh, be doing more dictative prioritization. Mm. So the, the and, yeah. yeah, the big, like the big question Price mark gouging. with net neutrality has to do with what they're calling like fast lanes or or, or like priority for different data. So say um, it's well specifically we'll talk about how it uh, would affect gaming. Mm. Because I think this is actually one of the one of the big ones, especially with uh, digital delivery of games becoming more and more prevalent. Uh, it means that uh, it also is putting a higher load on ISPs, and therefore could become a target for those ISPs. Oh, look, there he is! Everybody oh, wants it's to punch him. Um, Yeah, the, the real the salient point to draw away from this is uh, right now. ISPs have to treat all internet traffic the same. They can't discriminate between what the source is or what the purpose is. Now, which is different from, uh, it means that like they can throttle you. You as yeah. a user, but they, they have to do it you've gone uniformly. over whatever limit, but all data gets throttled. Um, and what they're worried about now is that uh, they might throttle Xbox Live. That might they might unless, say, unless you buy their gaming package. Exactly. And that means that you then get uh, data, all of the you know the higher speed access to Xbox Live, PSN, and Steam. I'll say it right now, this is exactly what the internet hates, or what the gaming community hates. This is creating an, an ecosystem for pay to win for multiplayer, uh, and that is when I say I've lived through this already. That's what I'm referring to. Back in the, <laughs> the cable modems. Back tell, the, tell the story. It's exactly that. Back in the early days of, of online gaming, and I'm talking like Quake One days of playing online. Uh, I still, that was the, the age of the conversion from dial-up modems into cable modems, and I still had dial-up, couldn't afford a cable modem, so playing online, it was a real hit or miss what you ended up with, because sometimes you'd get, you'd run into what we colloquially called LPBs. What's an LPB, Ryan? An LPB is a low-ping bastard. <laughs> <laughs> Are you one of those? Bastard? No, listen, man, my dad loved technology, so it was all over DSL, then we could even get uh -huh. like a, like a, a, not a T1 connection, but I think it, like the fastest you can get back then was like one or two meg. Oh, it was God. dope. I remember I... seeing Jeez, the people coming, because it'd show you the ping in the scoreboard, and I mean, I'd see them when they're under 100 milliseconds, and I'd just be like, that's why I'm I like, died. At dial-up, you were like four or 500. Usually, if you had a good connection, um, so that is that, what we're I was talking that, about. Uh, IS, it's a super slow. Person. I played EverQuest on a 56k. Ooh, well, but with shooters, we're with the MMOs. It's not quite as big of a deal. No, it wasn't. I mostly remember just zoning taking forever, yeah. and everyone would have to wait for me because it took me so long to get <laughs> in between zones. Uh huh. Um, but yeah, shooters, I couldn't even begin to play online. Well, but that's essentially what we're talking about here, is creating an ecosystem where people who can afford to prioritize gaming traffic, because that's what they will be able to put in place. Think about uh, buying the HBO of gaming packages. I'm going to pay an extra 10 bucks on top of my internet service bill to have prioritized traffic or non-throttled traffic. A lot of them have talked about uh, pledging not to do it. 
which, by the way, Comcast pulled their pledge not oh, to yeah. do it the they're, day that the vote they're all, announced. They're already walking all those. They're paying for this. Back. Fucking That's who's putting this guy up there to take away your freedoms. Well, so the yeah, the a lot of the the ISPs are specifically supporting this rollback, which is the thing that generally makes you is the yeah. one of the first red flags because typically the ISPs have proven uh, that if they can get away with an anti-consumer practice, they will because mm -hmm. they're a business. Their priority is to make money, and if they can find a way to make more money off of you, they will. And the problem is. Uh, because of the way that the internet, you know, it's a problem for us mainly um, here in the in the states. Um, you would think that what this does is it creates an incredible market opportunity where an ISP would just go, well, we're not going to do that. We're going to not throttle anything. We're going to treat it like net neutrality is still totally in effect, and people will just flock yeah. to us because we'll they'll pay one bill and you'll get everything. The problem is, ISPs have locked down through anti-competitive activities, in most areas, they have an absolute or near-absolute monopoly on the internet that you can buy. So you probably know this, or if you're too young to have gotten internet yet, your area probably has one or two internet providers, and that's it. And anyone else trying to get in that area, not happening. Because lots of times, they've locked down uh, state or federal, uh, or at least state or municipal uh, laws to prevent other ISPs from coming into your area. Yes, or they, they lobby to prevent anyone else from using the polls mm -hmm. right. uh, or the, the underground systems and so on. And you can see as well the effect of that competition. Uh, Google Fiber, which has frozen its rollout, but uh, Google, I'm convinced that their main play was not to become a huge ISP themselves, but to force in this sort of competitive um, mm -hmm. offering with other ISPs because you will, like anytime Google Fiber announced they were suddenly coming to a city, every ISP in that city magically started offering better deals and better speeds oh, yeah. because wanna, suddenly they were not the only option. If you Austin, want to get really enraged. Okay. Austin was the like such a prime example. When I, when I first moved here, mm -hmm. I, I, I had Time Warner's fastest internet package. Mm -hmm. And it was, I think, $75 for 50 down and five up. And then when Google Fiber got announced that they were coming to Austin, literally two weeks later, they, they sent an email out and they're like, everyone who's on the fastest package and any package will get upgraded. If you're on the fastest package, you're now going to get uh, 300 down and 20 up. Like all of a sudden they could just switch it on. Yep. Right. And it's not like they magically installed new stuff. Nope. They didn't. If you want to get really infuriated, uh, look into the fact that uh, over the past several years, the U.S. taxpayer has subsidized $4 billion towards ISP companies because they were supposed to build a nationwide fiber network. They and didn't. they didn't at all. They just took the money. They best efforted building it, which apparently amounts to putting maybe one line into large cities that, like here in Austin, you get fiber if you happen to be somewhere close to 35 on the south side of town. That's it. There is most of Austin is not serviced by a fiber line. Yeah, and uh, and Austin is more fortunate than most areas mm -hmm. in the U.S. So you know you see the effect of Google Fiber coming in. <coughs> we already had a couple of options. They just I, I don't know if they had handshakes or they had all just settled into this very comfortable space where they knew what they could each get and they were happy with that. Google Fiber came in and then 
magically everyone had to offer something better. Most regions don't have even the number of, we had, we have like Time Warner, um, we have, what's the, what's the, AT&T? AT&T, Time Warner. Uh, they're, yeah, they're, That's they're, Grande, Grande is, is an option. Grande, so there are a couple. We, uh, there are some business but there are, ones that we have here. But there are a lot of areas in the U.S. that have one. Here's the thing. You have no other option yeah. The, yeah. to go with. The repealing of net neutrality, this is the, the weird situation we're in here, is the arguments for repealing net neutrality could be valid if the marketplace existed that they're arguing for, but it doesn't. If there was a marketplace where there was c- competition between companies to provide the best service, then letting it be a wild, wild west could drive a lot of business to the company that was trying to provide or offer the best service. But when they don't have any incentive to do that because it's all monopolized, that argument makes no sense whatsoever. They have to be regulated because they've got your nuts in a vice and you can't do anything about it. It has to be a utility in those areas yeah. because if there is no competition, then that is what the people that are arguing for freedom in business are relying on to make their argument work. And uh, the one of the like interesting things too that I I would be curious to see what the impacts would be is if imp- I don't know if they can do it area specific, but remember uh, this is uh, several decades ago the government forced the telecoms to split. Mm-hmm. Because it was a monopoly, right? And so they, AT&T. they yeah, they split it. It was a Pac became, Bell, yeah, uh, Ma Bell, and uh, yeah, I forget there was a couple different ones that uh, split off of that. But basically, what the government said was, "Your monopoly." Or telephone. No, this was split. telephone days. Yeah, telephone, not even yeah, telecom. Like Pac Bell, yeah. Uh, and so <laughs> they split them into these smaller companies to basically force the competition. I'd be very curious to see if it didn't work though. <laughs> It, it, they I split think, it by region, didn't they? Yeah, that was <laughs> not I not the ideal. I think I'm sure they that was ended up being. Uh, they said they wanted to split it, and then the telephone companies figured out a way they could split it, but like not lose. It's really individual monopolies. We've gotten into such a weird situation because um, so many uh, there's this, this one large group of people that are lobbying for the the openness in the in the marketplace. The, the, the right for businesses to do whatever they need to, the, the absolute cutthroat, like, that's the only way that business can grow is to not be regulated so that they can fight it out. Like this very Spartan, like, tooth and nail, they're going to compete with each other and, and fight and then the consumer wins. But that can't exist in a world where the businesses have already done that to the point where they are the only ones left. There, there is no competition. There's no one for them to compete with. They have no incentive to do that anymore. So, <laughs> the ideals are not wrong, but the the market that they need to work doesn't exist anymore. So it's it's hard to argue that it's like, well, I can see how that would work, but we don't have that here. That's not the the world you're loosing this this concept on. Right, unfortunately, and you may uh, also see uh, a lot of this flipped in marketing where and you see this sometimes too and this actually yeah. annoys me you'll see it with like a Netflix or something like that where uh, typically at the moment you're seeing things on mobile where something doesn't count against uh, this doesn't account count against your mm-hmm. data and so on and so forth so take that but take it as a speed thing so um, you can pay 
you pay for uh, higher speed access to this thing. Nothing else is lowered, but you can pay for higher speed access to uh, Xbox, PSN, Steam with our gaming package. But then it just means that the bottom line never goes up with the rest of the needs. Uh, also, games what are does getting that mean? huge. How, how is that, the, that the, when they say that, like, you can pay for uh, expedited service to it's like, well, what are you doing right now that's getting in the way? Yeah, so you're telling me that you could, you just don't. Yeah. Like, right now, you're fucking something up. Like, it, it could work, but you're actively being a shitbox. Actively box. slowing it down. Yeah, so what, why can't everyone have that? Yeah, but I think, imagine when every game, we're already getting close, but imagine when every game is 100 gigabytes, and you need to download this. The, so you can. The whole world will be like PSN. Jeez. Oh, um, Sorry, you know, but PSN, you, but you are way slower than every other download. Oh, it really is. It's so bad. It's, it might be a specific like regional thing as well. Like maybe. I don't know, maybe like our maybe our NAT is in this area. Crazy. Steam and Xbox. Well, really everything. Steam, Xbox, GOG. Anything is faster than PSN. I I do have great speeds to everything but PSN. Mm-hmm. And I, and I don't oh, know do you, why do you buy the, the PlayStation package from your provider? <laughs> that's... <laughs> uh, I mean, that's the thing, too, right? Like, what if companies start pledging allegiances to different places? So it's just like, wait, mm-hmm. so now I have like, to... Like, AT&T has an exclusive package with PSN now. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it's like, well, I have a PSN and a Switch and a, and a, and a PC. Like, what, what do I do here now? now well, I unfortunately for you... Nothing, because you can't one. switch. Yeah, There's no you're, competition. You're screwed. Yeah, or, unfortunately for you, Time Warner's got the Xbox contract. Yeah. And that, so, that stuff has existed already. Like with HBO Go, it wasn't on, uh, was it Was it PSN for a while? Or I mean, that's true, although that's more at the like business provider end. That's not an ISP saying you well, can't actually, have Well, actually, this. I'm sorry. There, wa- there was ISP, like HBO Go wasn't with specific ISPs. Like when you would log in to HBO Go, like it has a drop down. It's like if your ISP isn't listed, it's because it it's not supported. So... I did not know that. Yeah, like if you go to log into HBO right now online, you select your ISP and it doesn't list every ISP. So it's still like specific to ISPs. Interesting. Yeah, and I can't remember which one it was, but there was a major ISP that was off that list for a while. Yeah, so that's, I'm, I worry that all of that's going to get a lot worse and that it'll all be spun with marketing. So specific things, like mm-hmm. it's not everything is slower. It's not things are held hostage. It's mm-hmm. we're now offering faster access to this. This, this, or we're, you know, we're now doing. We're now offering. So, oh, here we go. Here's the, uh, here's the providers. Yeah. Um, the proposition to take away the protections oh, for, inter- for this stuff this? is called the Internet Freedom Bill or something. Yeah, it's they're like, calling it Internet Freedom to make it free. Sound. The Internet Bill, like uh, it's all bullshit. And I think I see what you're talking about here. I was getting confused, Adam, between HBO Go and HBO Now. Got it. Uh, where um, HBO Go, you have to have an it's, HBO it's, account yeah. with yeah. your television provider. <clears throat> And then it allows right. you to watch yes, it on. Right. So you will, it's based on your TV right. package. Yes. Right, okay, yeah. I got you. But even so, like, let's look at TV stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Can you imagine having to have different packages in order to access different parts of the Internet? Oh, it's worse than that. Uh, so modern cable's kind of been dying, right? Yes. Because of services like Netflix and Hulu. But your cable company is also your Internet provider, so... Why would they be at all incented to provide bandwidth to competing products? Can Hulu exist in a world where they can throttle Hulu 
and then sell you a cable package. Oh, it's a, that has actually been happened. Was it that has Com been a problem, was, it, yeah. was it Comcast? Um, ben, can you look up Where exactly who it was? But uh, yeah, Netflix basically outed a company for uh, charging them, like holding them ransom. They mm -hmm. were throttling Netflix traffic to all their users. Yep. Uh, and and currently, the reason that's a big issue is because that's not allowed. Yeah. But. It's about to be, though. It, yeah, this would be the norm, where Netflix, they were demanding, th this wasn't on the user end, they were demanding Netflix pay the ISP additional money oh, Comcast for access shit. to their it subscribers. Was... Yeah. So it's Comcast, yeah. Uh, and that would just be, that would be the norm, like the Netflixes, the Hulus, the, and any sort of heavy data user. So that's, that's streaming video, that's also, that's also gaming platforms. Well, it'd be yep. interesting, like Riot Games has been working with ISP so that they have their own network backbone across all of America. They did this like three years ago um, so that they could get faster speeds to people playing League of Legends. So something like this, you could see an ISP partnering with them and making it so that League runs faster on this network. So, yeah, even then. Yeah, so it's a, it's a real concern. There's a vote coming up in December. Uh, there are, I have actually seen a few... Uh, this is largely, uh, I believe, a, like a GOP uh, sort of yes, push. Yes, it's a very partisan issue. Um, the, the last time it came up before a vote in a, in a wider thing, it was 100% party lines. Yeah, but I have actually seen um, a couple GOP representatives speaking against it as well, which is interesting and unusual. Well, here's the best thing we can hope at this point, because it's probably going to pass the FCC, FCC, because that is a non-elected body, and so anytime a new administration takes over, they just staff it with all the people that'll vote like they want them to. Um, and again, that's a big problem here, is because this is being a decision being made by non-elected bodies. But the, what's going to happen is they'll argue that it shouldn't be made by a non-elected body, and so it should be repealed at the FCC level, and then a law should be passed uh, in Congress, which is going to make it much harder to get rid of when they lock in that freedom with some kind of law. But that being said, as long as we can block any laws from being passed, which we can't because they'll just put it as a writer on some other thing that we have to do, uh, but if we can just not let them pass a law, then it can be e a little bit easier fix whenever the next administration takes over. Yeah, but what people can do is communicate with your representatives yes. and ask them to put pressure on the FCC. Yes. Uh, and we can, there's <laughs> a, we can put a, we, you, there's already you laugh, been a, but it's, it's, it's what we can do. If you want to know how that's going to go, though, uh, there's already been a change.org pe petition or uh, one of those other ones where it's like the, enough people sign it and then the White House has to respond. So one of those has already passed, asking them to get uh, agit. Edge pie, yeah. Ask to, him to chuck him out, right? To yeah, to have him resign over the issue of net neutrality. So, watch how the uh, White House responds to that, and that will tell you exactly how much they care. Maybe, but I still think we should do what we can. I, I'm calling my reps. Do yes, no, absolutely. Put pressure on his because all that does is it turns it into the next election cycle. It's going to be a talking point. Yeah. Uh, and uh, we'll we'll put a link. There's a there's actually a site with a lot of information where you can find local reps to contact. A lot of times they'll also fill out forms, like they'll fill out emails for you. You just need to put in your information. I think John Oliver did one. Yeah. So we'll we'll put a link to that uh, in the in the link. Dump. Which may or may not have been exploited by the the pro uh, pro repeal to post a shit ton of fake comments. And eh, potentially.
Uh, however, uh, let's let's wrap up this episode on a brighter note. Let's talk about some really cool stuff, some really fun stuff that hopefully we won't uh, have to pay extra in order to play pretty soon. Uh, let's talk about some cool indie games. Man, indie games are so great. I really feel like we're in this... I don't want to call it like a golden age because indie games have been great for a really long time, but I feel like they're more prevalent than ever. And uh, all these indie developers have so many tools available to them to make the process of making a game easier and more robust that we're seeing crazy stuff. And not just like the weird ass like goat simulators of the world, but just all kinds of games. I used to be like a super hardcore Xbox player, so for me, like there wasn't really that much in terms of indie games. You say that, there but um, Xbox games. Live Arcade there, yeah, was all Live indie Arcade. games, and I feel like like Xbox 360. But I felt like we didn't have like those strong hitters like PlayStation did. Oh, to and me, the, that big support like see, that. I especially on 360, 360, you had the summer of arcades huge. that were like. That's when like Meat Boy came out. That's when Braid came yeah, out. Yeah, those are good ones. Those are oh, so good. And man. I uh, I didn't really play any. Indie games, or nothing that I thought of as an indie game, I guess, uh, when I was younger. Maybe they were. They all came in a box in the store, so I had no idea of the difference in scale, really. But uh, it was the Xbox 360 and Xbox Live Arcade that got me into looking at these smaller, bite-sized games, or like, you know, more... Let's just like like tighter package games, yeah. They, yeah. you know, that aren't on the no. same crazy 200 developer scale, yeah. and really enjoying them and appreciating them. I to give you some idea on what some of our arcade games were included, they had Braid, they had Explosion Man, they had Trials HD, they had Limbo, uh, they Trials. had Bastion, they had Dust and Elysian Tale, Deadlight, uh, and Brother: A Tale of Two Sons are like a lot of the really notable ones. So good. Was Geometry Wars, so one of those, because ma'am. Geometry Wars was that a that was a launch title. I think title. it was a launch title. It came, it came like on the. Is that, is that Geometry game? Wars Two was a was Visually a appealing. Oh, Geometry Wars Two, uh, yeah. But now so, that I'm on Steam, there's just like indie titles everywhere. It is coming in, coming out like, your ears. It's just so hard to like kind of pinpoint like a, a solid one, but there's just all like piles and piles. Well, of it them. blurs the line now. It's like you don't even have to think in a lot of cases. What is this an indie title or is this a uh, something backed by a renowned studio? Just the access of getting those games on the market and the access to things like Unity and uh, Unreal Engine. Indie games also give you are like a a great uh, vector for games that you on like a smaller scale or on like a or in two D that you wouldn't be able to, like a thematic game you wouldn't be able to get otherwise or like just a game of like a huge scope like Terraria is a great example of a game that is like thousands of hours of content that wouldn't a triple A AAA publisher would never or developer would never make. But, or something like Minecraft. Yeah. Well, different games. Uh, j they both have building. That's, 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 that's their... <laughs> I mean, Minecraft, Minecraft was... Minecraft's a building-focused game. Right? It is. I mean, but if Terraria you're talking not. about a game that came from nothing... Right. Totally. There's, there's all kinds of games that we now take for granted that were indie games. Is, is Minecraft considered AAA now? Or is um, it, it's it's got to be. It's I not was, indie anymore. I mean, it, my, but boy, it was, it was it? born as indie. Yeah. Uh, and since, like, I would feel like now at this point, modern. a Minecraft 2 would not be indie because we're talking published by Microsoft, mm -hmm. but Minecraft itself... Is there a 2, though? There well, no, there? there's not. I'm saying, like, if they made a whole new title, yeah. but because they're still building off an existing title yeah. that was released as, you know, as a self-published by a small company, I would say it still counts. As an indie title? Wow. All right. I, I, mean, I agree. I, I mean, well, they have released the, like, Windows 10 version, which I guess technically would be a second release. But. Sort of, yeah. 
Um, but uh, there's so many cool games, and not all of them get the attention they deserve because we you know we honestly like on this podcast we've been talking about all these crazy AAA releases over the past few months. There have been so many coming so quickly together that we've been tr having trouble keeping up just with the huge releases and the indie stuff kind of falls by the wayside sometimes. Mm -hmm. So uh, I thought that it might be nice if we each talk about uh, an indie game that, that we've been playing or that we found that is not getting the attention that we feel it deserves. Cool. I, I started playing a game called Ruiner, which is on okay, Steam, and I believe it's on PS4 too as well. It's a Hotline Miami gameplay, like game style type game. It's set in the future. Another great it's very, Hotline Miami. Yeah, another great one. Um, it's set in the future. It's like a steampunk cyber, like cyberpunk. Yeah, cyberpunk. There you go. Um, essentially, you're this character who is whose mind has been hacked, um, and you're sent in to kill the head of a corporation, and then. Uh, it just deviates on this path of of you going around exploring. Um, what sets it apart from what a lot of people compare to Hotline Miami is the fact that there's this huge, like, robust kind of way to play. There's a, a skill tree where you can just spec out any way, which way you want. There's a hub world that I didn't expect that would be in the game mm -hmm. that I can go and explore a little bit. Um, and it's just Fun, like the, the the color, the vibe, the stylization of it all is just really, yeah, really cool. I saw that game at it's a Devolver published game. I'm not sure uh, who develops it, but I saw that game at a PAX, and it was the aesthetic of it is very much like a top-down Blade Runner. Yeah, and it's super attractive to me in that manner because I, I love cyberpunk, um, but I, I haven't got a chance to play it. So yeah. it's it's challenging, and the, and on top of that, there's what's what's the structure like in terms of like. Are you, is it level oh, you, based? Are yeah, you going? so you just, it's repetitive in that sense of like you go into a room, you get locked into the room, you fight all the bad guys. Sure. But what makes it rewarding and fun is that one, it's challenging, and two, um, they constantly score you on how you do mm -hmm. during those like situations. So you're, it's like, oh man, I got a B plus, but I want to go in now that I have these new abilities. And like, so there's some re replayability there too. But yeah, it's really cool. And so it's, uh, is it pixel art? What's the graphic style? Because I know Hotline uh, Miami was very much like a pixel art um, isometric it's like a, view. It's top down, but it's it is th it's 3D. It's 3D, like, but it's it's top down okay. isometric yeah. view. Okay. So. Cool. Raycon Games is the developer, by the way. Acon Games. Raycon. R e i k o n. R e i k o n. And what's it available on? Uh, Steam, and I believe a few other platforms. Let me find it here. Okay. I believe Steam, PS4, these two. Yeah, the character doesn't talk, but he looks cool because, you know, it, the expressions and how he feels is uh, through the, his mask, which is digital. And then, of course, like, when it gets hacked, too, like, you get other characters that are trying to hack So you get you. to play as Daft Punk. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> pretty much. Nice. It's out on Steam, PS4, Xbox One, and GOG. Great. Yeah. So there are lots of ways to get it if you want to check it out. Uh, what you been playing, Ryan? Uh... I guess I mean I my my love of something or like Seven Days to Die is well known, but I think feel like that <laughs> one's uh, got plenty of attention. Uh, there's a lot of titles though on on uh, Vive that I think don't get the love because they don't have the um, <clears throat> they a lot of people don't have access to it. Like they don't have the, the have Vive a, install base. Right, basically, yeah. Uh, my favorite of those and the probably the most playable. Uh, of the well, I mean, there's a bunch of them out there, but the one that I, I really go to and go like, that's a game that I would play on, on VR is Arizona Sunshine, which oh. is from Vertigo Games. It's uh, they're not a huge developer. They've done a few things that you might have heard of, but not much, like WWE versus SmackDown 
<laughs> online. Nice. That, do, that e. does seem like a bit of a departure. Uh, they, they don't have a huge list of titles, but uh, of them, I would say this is, it's a really, really enjoyable zombie shooter game, especially in a VR. It's co-op. It is co-op. They've got co-op story and co-op co-op horde mode. Is so. it a like local co-op? Do you have to have your two headsets nope. together so you're like banging into each other no. constantly, or is but it, it online? But it feels local because yeah. you're in VR. It feels like they're right there. Yeah. Do you so <laughs> cool? So does it have like the voice and the voice come like you can do you the can. voice yeah. chat and you mm -hmm. so you actually hear each other properly? Mm -hmm. yep. That's really yeah, cool. That's really that's cool. really fun. And it's extremely. It's a very. It, the controls feel great. It's very satisfying uh, to shoot in that game. Uh, and it's just well done. You got a, the character, you know, narrates as you're playing a little bit. So it doesn't have like a deep story. There's kind of a thing going on. You're trying to get somewhere, but it's just a, a nice, enjoyable shooter in VR. Nice. I I found a lot of fun in that game playing yeah. with my friend uh, by just like sitting or going down like in a twister style position uh -huh. because then the the thing that tracks your quote-unquote body doesn't really understand what's going on uh -huh. so it contorts you and my favorite one would just be walking around like with like my hips all the way forward and like my, oh, yeah. my head back here and i'd be shooting people like this it's just to be fair it very usually, humorous it's very bad at telling where people are that's it's all right it's, it's very charming play, yeah it's yeah. very charming though it's just an enjoyable shooter yeah do you got anything, Adam? I do. Um, I recently played through. I've, I've, I've one I want to give an honorable mention to, and that's Hollow Knight. Um, if you are a fan of Metroidvania-style games, uh, I don't know of an indie Metroidvania-style game that has this robust an amount of content. There is like dozens of hours of things to find and like <coughs> stuff to complete and. Bugs to fight and and things like that. And, I love fighting bugs. Uh, right, it's it is a bug themed game, and I think that might be the one uh, the one thing that might draw people away is is the the theme of the game and the setting, and also that the color palette is very dim. It's very monochromatic, uh, sort of black and white almost um, in a lot of ways in a lot of in a lot of places. Um, and I can understand why it draws, draws people away, but if you can get past that and you enjoy that style of exploration, that is an amazing game. Um, but that's my honorable mention. Yeah, it's got a couple of nods for awards, but uh, was largely overlooked. Yeah, that's, that's yeah, that's why I didn't like focus on it because it was some. It is a relatively well-known indie game, but I think people should give it a chance, even if you don't like the aesthetic, because the gameplay is amazing. Um, but uh, SteamWorld Dig Two was like I, I really I thought the first SteamWorld Dig was incredible, and all I wanted was more, and uh, I bought that and. And played, this is out on the Switch. It's out on the Switch. This is not on anything else. Uh, I'll have I think, a. I think it might be out on PC, but, but I could be um, wrong. I know that I remember you talking about getting it on the Switch. I played it on the Switch. Yeah, it's um, it is full of character progression and full of like charm. Like the world is a. The graphics are adorable. Right. It's like a, it's like a steampunky sort of uh, Western world, and it's just fun, man. You 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 dig into holes. You collect gems that you use to to upgrade your character, and your character goes from like. A guy with a pickaxe to like a dude who can fly around and grapple and and like like mess shit up like really quickly and it's such a fun game uh, and and it's not too long and there's but there's still a lot to like find like there's a lot of challenges to 100% uh, and the challenges range anywhere from like puzzles to like actual dexterity challenges where you're like trying to like bounce around while the ground's falling out from under you and you're trying to collect all the stuff as you go through this thing and until you die and then you have to restart so it has it has a wider range of challenges it has. 
uh, a lot of character, and it's just fun, man. It's a great game, and I, I feel like no one I know has talked or played about that game, and I feel like they need to. It's, it's like, out like on Switch. On this for Steam Switch, <laughs> yeah. It's a great game for you. Yeah, yeah. Console. I'm like, oh, I can upgrade stuff. I'm like, I don't know why, but the digging upgrading my pickaxe sounds really entertaining yeah, right man. now on the go. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. All right, so, um, Ryan, uh, I'm choosing a game in honor of you. Oh, what's this that? This is Doki Doki Literature Club. Uh -oh. This is a it's a visual novel. No, not in honor of me at all. Mm. It is in honor of you. Look at this. Look at Doki Doki Literature Club. <laughs> what is so this, this is presented as Why have you ever played visual novel Alfredo? I know of them. <laughs> okay. Male, what do you know about visual novels as a genre? It's more so just playing through the story and reading and then choosing options. Like Dream Daddy, right? Yeah. 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 Exactly like Dream Daddy. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, this is um, a pretty new release. Um, all right, you, what's the what's the premise on this one? Well, I mean, you join a literature club, <coughs> uh, and uh, okay. you there's a poem writing mechanic, where each of the girls has different like sort of like keywords and themes that they really like, and so you can use uh, these different words to compose poems that will appeal to each of these different girls. However, uh, there is also um, a sort of had a full boyfriend like uh, mechanic here in that. Uh, remember in Howful Boyfriend, if you played through a bunch of the different uh, character storylines enough, it suddenly turned into a murder mystery? Yes. Where you, the main character, were gruesomely murdered and <coughs> everyone else had to solve your murder. Right. It's a little bit like that in that it becomes sort of a psychological horror game as well. I was going to ask, how far are you in that game, Ashley? I'm still pretty early on, but I'm playing it to... Uh, what appeals to me is the the you know poetry writing mechanic and everything is is fun for a bit, but uh, I'm playing through it to the psychological horror part that I know is coming, and I have some idea what that is that uh, you know you have to go in and like manually start like deleting saves for a character who will then panic about being deleted. Oh, it's not just saves. You have to go into the game's like files on your C drive and start deleting files wow. that manipulate the game. What? I don't want to spoil anything, but it, it definitely throws some twists at you where you feel less like you're playing a visual novel and more like you're being led through a horror story. That, that shit's no dope. Control. I love it. Sounds I love cool, this. Cool, actually. Yeah. I, I always like these don't, games. Don't get sucked in. Yeah, I'm, I'm not. Do it. I mean, do looking it. at the art style, this is like they, the type of game where I'm like looking at the Steam upcoming and I click on it. I'm like, what is this? And I'm like going through the slides. I'm like, ooh, I'm like one slide away from like hentai or something. Like, <laughs> they always the, the, they write a good description. Like all this stuff sounds good. Then you get into it and realize that you're just reading poorly written literature for about 14 hours. Look, Ryan, it's oh, only no. poorly written. Ryan just you write it that under, way. Yeah. I bet there's much of words, much much of words. Much of words. Much of words. Now we know why it's poorly written. Uh, no, I. <laughs> I am the writer for Doki Doki. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I just love the games that uh, that wrap themselves in this visual novel package, but become something else. Like I really enjoyed that about Hatful Boyfriend. I really liked Long Live what the Queen, the hell? which we played for. Oh, that's I think that's Monica. It's showing up very differently on the left monitor. Ah! Oh, that's very scary on that one. Oh God! Um, I see eyes over here, and then I see a face over here. I don't like. Okay, it. I'm real okay. Uh, but I like that about uh, Long Live the Queen. That it was exactly. uh, it was a strategy like game wrapped in yeah, like wrapped in a. Well, that novel. one was much better. That one wasn't just like reading. Right, but you, know, like you, you get a lot of that in it. So um, not a lot of that. Yeah, so I, I like this. I like that it takes it in it. It packages it up as something that you would expect to be like, you know, tame and very consistent. But well, 
maybe not tame, but... It, well, well, basically what he said, though, is, is how you sum up these games is like, uh, well, I'm powering through the bit that I'm having to sit through now to get to the part later on where it gets good for a bit, and then I'll power through some of that. Like if, to the if part you, later on where something happens. Like if you hate like the, the visual dead. novel <laughs> rapper, then sure, you might not enjoy it. But I enjoy the visual novel rappers as well. I just like, I like a game that takes that and then like goes beyond it and twists it into something else too. I think that's a lot of fun. So that's my pick. I think if you, you know, if you played the Hat of a Boyfriends of the world and really enjoy how weird they get, then try Doki Doki Literature Club. It's awesome. It's it's new. It's uh, it didn't you know doesn't have a lot of marketing support, but um, I'm having fun and everyone else is also that I the, that plays it that it goes in for that kind of game, loving it. So excellent. Okay, I, picks. And that about does it for this episode of Glitch. Please, please let us know what uh, indie games you've been playing that you don't feel like are getting nearly enough attention. Uh, I actually found Doki Doki Literature Club from uh, comments on our YouTube channel. So that was great. And you can help other people find games that they can enjoy as well. So please let us know uh, some of your favorite indie games uh, in the comments, as well as let us know, uh, you know what you're thinking about net neutrality and the news and all that stuff. Uh, we will have a uh, our Rooster Teeth first exclusive post show, New Game Plus, up on the website, theno.tv. Please check it out there. If you're listening to this on a podcast service, please uh, do us a solid and give us a nice rating so other people can help uh, find this podcast as well. And we're good. it's good to be back. It's good to be back. It's good to, good to sit down and talk to you guys again. And uh, let's do it again next week. Next week. Cool. Next week. Doesn't stick to your face.